This is Hotshot Danny Duggan, leader of Team Jacked and Fanny Packed, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. This is Hotshot Danny Duggan. Join us as CWE celebrates nine damn years. The ninth anniversary tour, May 10th through June 3rd, across five Canadian provinces. Check out cwecanada.ca for more information. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. The J&K Podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off your entire order from CollarAndElbowBrand.com. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafell here on the JK Podcast. What is going on? What's up, guys? All right, so another week here has come and gone again, Carl, and uh, some more wrestling discussion, a big uh, show, uh, you know, at least in WWE, in my opinion, you know, wrestling business-wise happened uh, recently over in Saudi Arabia, which we'll get to, and uh, some other fun stuff going on. Before we get into all that, though, let's, of course, take a look at our usual sound clip here. This involves, again, our friends at The Simpsons making fun at our favorite technology company, Apple. So, enjoy. Attention, Mapple Universe. Prepare for a live announcement from Mapple founder and chief imaginative officer, Steve Mobs. Steve Mobs! He's a genius! He's like a god who knows what we want! Greetings, it is I, your insanely great leader, Steve Mobs. I'm speaking to you from Mapple headquarters deep below the sea with an announcement that will completely change the way you look at everything. Ooh. And that announcement is... You're all losers. Huh? You think you're cool because you buy a $500 phone with a picture of a fruit on it? Well, guess what? They cost eight bucks to make and I pee on every one. Oh. I have made a fortune off you chumps and I've invested it all in Microsoft. Now my boyfriend, Bill Gates, and I kiss each other on a pile of your money. Oh. <laughs> Treasure, your heart is blacker than your turtleneck. So there you go, um, <laughs> The Simpsons making fun of uh, our favorite technology company, Apple. And I believe that this was done uh, shortly after Steve uh, passed away. But uh, I would imagine, you know, knowing you know, the things I've seen on Steve, that he, he probably, 
Yeah, a little bit of it might have been a little, little tick, but I, I think that he had enough of a sense of humor that I think he would get the comedy there. And there, there's more to this bit, but you know, we don't want to play the whole thing here. But uh, if you want to watch the whole thing yourself, um, you know, go to YouTube and search up the Maple Store and Steve Mobs with an M, not a J. So that's an, another kind of way they get around, uh, you know, to poking fun at that. So, and I do have to just correct you for a second there. You oh. keep saying our favorite our favorite our favorite i'm not a huge fan of apple products i know I'm just, i am a fan of the android products so you need to speak for yourself brother all right well, i'm an android guy okay well <laughs> having said that let, let's get into our, our wrestling discussion here because as sure. i mentioned uh, you know this past weekend one of the biggest uh, wrestling shows that uh, you know has um, you know has happened, and um, you know WWE putting on the greatest Royal Rumble over in Saudi Arabia, and I gotta say, you know, if I were to, to put it up against WrestleMania that happened this year, in my personal opinion, and, and others out there may disagree or agree with me, I think that they completely outshined. And I think maybe did what they maybe wanted to do with WrestleMania this year, but you know for whatever reason, if they weren't capable or if they weren't allowed to or certain restrictions. But that's the impression I take away, or that's what I take away from that whole event. I I really do too. I mean, it's an event that happened somewhere different, thankfully, than where things normally are done. Um, we see a lot of the events happening in the United States and really in the same places, same arenas, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So to actually see something go over and be somewhere else and an event be different from what we're usually used to seeing when it comes to the United States and when it comes to some of these other other buildings, um, it was it was a very amazing spectacle to see. Now, we do know that the Saudi Arabian government paid a lot of money (laughs) to have this show done. And, I mean, the WWE was over there at least a week in advance setting up the arena. Like, the arena was shut down for about a week while the WWE was in there building the set, getting things done, putting up the, uh, the chairs that were there, which on the floor really weren't many, which was kind of odd and different mm-hmm. but still i liked it right so i mean in total yes i think as well that's the greatest royal rumble that happened over in Jeddah, saudi arabia was a better show than wrestlemania this year and i'm i i wish i didn't have to say that but reality is for myself anyways and for you as you've mentioned yep. that's a reality Oh yeah, I mean, I'm going to go back and watch it again, you know, and I may even go back and watch WrestleMania again, you know, and you know, kind of compare them, you know, objectively head to head. But you know, it it just it it felt like best way I can kind of describe it in simplest terms. It just felt like they put more effort into it. Because it felt, it felt like with WrestleMania, like there was some type of restriction, which, you know, to the best you know, of my knowledge, I'm really not a, really aware, you know, exactly what may or may not be going behind the scenes. But, I mean, just when you just compare the two shows very objectively against each other, it, it just looks and feels, when I was watching it, like more effort and more was put into this event. You know, it, sure, they had more budget to work with and all that, but, I mean, to me, it's like comparing apples and oranges with these two events. 
honestly, for me, I mean, I'm looking at it and not even looking at the aspect of the fireworks and the pyro and, and all of that stuff that they had. I'm looking at the in-ring work ability that has been done. Mm-hmm. And with the Greatest Royal Rumble, it honestly just looks like there was more effort put into the working aspect of the show mm-hmm. than was with WrestleMania. Now, is that because burnout before wrestlemania i mean you have access with wrestlemania you've got all these places you're going to you're doing little house shows here and there you're having to you know be on the spot and perform for people when you know you're in front of them you got autograph signings how much sleep are you getting how much are you eating and keeping your nourishment are you up until three o'clock in the morning and having to be back out at six o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. it did something like that take its toll and then now they're able to go over to Saudi Arabia and not have those stresses and now be able to put on a better show. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, you know, the, not only the, the spectacle, the whole thing, the in-ring work was absolutely amazing in almost every match. But almost, yeah, every, I have to safely say every match was, was done extremely well. And on top of it all, folks, we even had a little bit of comedy to go along with it. So let us take a listen to this, and then we will talk a little bit about it. This is number 39 into the Rumble. 39 men. And the leader of Titus Worldwide, Titus O'Neil. Titus had a very busy week here in Saudi Arabia. He's had dinner with many princes and very important people. And he just... (laughs) Oh, my God. What the heck? What did Titus just... I can't believe what I just saw. Did that oh, really happen? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Did that happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes. That may be the greatest thing I've ever seen. That may be the greatest moment in Royal Rumble history. It really might be the greatest moment ever. Maybe he thought that Hornswoggle was under the ring. <laughs> So, um, you know, you can't quite get a visual of that, but I mean, if you are somebody who's interested in wrestling at all and you're on Facebook and you're on YouTube, chances are you've seen this come in your news feed or your recommended videos. If not, go in and take a look at it. And uh, probably the best one to search for would be look up Reliving Titus O'Neil's Big WWGRR Moment. And you'll see one of the funniest, unintentionally funny things to happen in quite a while in WWE. Now, are you, are you going to mention what it is, or do you want me to mention what happened? This involves Mr. Titus O'Neil running down to the ring and getting, I would say, approximately six feet away and catching the edge of the uh, the matting on the floor and nose, kind of chest, face skidding right underneath the ring. <laughs> I'm, I'm, about the best I'm, way I can describe it. It, it, it definitely it is. I'm I'm still laughing over it every time that I see. Yeah. I I'll even think about it. I'll you know I'll be sitting at work whatever, and it's you know I work late nights, mm-hmm. and I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's Titus O'Neil, <laughs> and then I can ju- I just start laughing because oh. you really have to go and see it. He like Joe says, you know, about six feet away. He trips and he nose dives and slides right under the ring, and then you see him back out again. It was almost. And this is what, what I find the funniest. It was almost as if it was like a gif that happened yeah. because he slid under and then came right back out again. It was like, 
whoa, did somebody just hit rewind here? Like, what's going on? And interesting to use, think of the rewind because, believe it or not, who is responsible? Because when they showed this live, they actually replayed it several times right back to back. Mr. Vince McMahon sitting at the gorilla position was so into this and so thought it was so hilarious that he called for the replays to happen because he was literally pissing himself backstage and actually, you know, consoled Titus when he went to backstage <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it kind of, some things happen like that unintentionally and, and end up being some of the funniest and some of the cooler moments. So, you know, it is what it is and I think that he should embrace it. Definitely he should. And it was it was really good for the morale backstage that was happening. Yeah. Uh, we do know we've we've seen reports that Vince McMahon was was actually quite perturbed with some of the um, some of the bad spots that had happened during uh, the show and some of the some of the the quote unquote fails that happened. And to really see something like that, and then to know that that really changed Vince's mood totally yeah. and had him just in hysterics backstage, <laughs> I'm sure was a great help, not only for those sitting in the gorilla position, but also for, you know, everyone else that's kind of sitting there on edge going, yeah. oh, man, right? And you got to think some of these up-and-coming talents have got to be looking at this and going, hmm, so this kind of stuff happens by accident, and you know, they, you know, they got to be thinking, you know, uh, what can I, you know, do once I, you know, get my chance, you know, what to do to make an impact, which gets me to what we want to talk to next here, because we want to uh, actually, uh, each of us here are going to have a a pick about who we think is a current up and coming person in WWE that I think is going to make an impact in the soon to not too far future. You know, that's um, that's actively in the company, and I think you know going to make an impact uh, further down the line. So I think that uh, we'll start off with uh, Carl's pick first, and uh, what we'll do is we'll play a little bit of the kind of the entrance, uh, and then we'll kind of discuss uh, each one uh, separately here. So here we go with the theme song for Carl's pick. Mr. Alistair Black, the current NXT champion, is uh, Carl's pick for his uh, what he feels is the uh, what he feels is one of the best uh, up and coming uh, players. And I have to say, I would uh, you know definitely agree he is going to be an important person. Person, sorry, when he comes up to that main roster, he definitely is going to be. I mean, with this um, this talent that he has, he's just shown through every promotion that he's been through um, from, you know, who he was before coming all the way through now. Tommy End. Tommy End, yeah, coming all the way through to his Aleister Black uh, persona, right? Like, he's he's really been able to kind of embrace anything that's been given to him. He's very adaptable when it comes to changes. Mm -hmm. And he is very, very believable, um, if you haven't seen really anything that Alistair Black has done, you really need to go onto YouTube. You're missing it. And you need to um, 
even just do his debut that happened <laughs> uh, at TakeOver Orlando. Yep. And like that, it was just amazing to see him and the way he moves and the way he walks to the ring and the way he carries himself. When he gets into the ring, he, he, he doesn't do anything flashy. He doesn't go you know, to the ropes and, and throw up a, you know, John Cena three fingers sign, whatever. He doesn't do a Nikki Bella holding up the title belt the entire time she's walking down or holding her arms up. <laughs> oh, like, man. he doesn't do any of that. He just goes down to the ring, gets to the middle of the ring, and he sits down, crisscross applesauce, as they say for the kids. <laughs> and he just sits there, and he's got this blank expression on his face. And he, he he keeps that composure the entire time. You really see no emotion from him during his entrance. But once that bell rings, it's like his mood changes, his facial expressions change, mm-hmm. and he is on point with everything. Absolutely. And what I think you know one of the most kind of interesting and probably enigmatic things about this guy is when you look at him, like he looks like intimidating size wise and everything. But when you actually look at his profile or a, a breakdown of, you know, his size and like that, he's maybe 10 to 15 pounds above from being a cruiserweight. Yeah. But then when you watch him in the ring, he, like he, he looks like a big guy, but it, and that to me, that's one of the more intriguing things about, about him. You know, not only is he impressive in the ring with, with his gimmick and uh, his work, I mean, speaks for itself. Even outside of WWE, go look at Press and Gorilla and, uh, and all, the, all that other kind of stuff. Amazing work there. Just to me, that's the most interesting part is that he is relatively numbers wise a, a pretty small guy. But he has this huge presence, you know that that just it doesn't he doesn't show his his weight or, or anything like that. It's kind of hard to describe because when you look at the numbers, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it really doesn't because, like you said, he really is. He looks large, but he's really just normal, normal sized guy mm-hmm. who has a good muscle mass to him. And just just has has that look to him that 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 intimidating. Oh, I would, I don't want to say biker look, but mm-hmm. he he's almost got like that Hell's Angel kind of look to him a little bit. Little bit yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I've I've been a fan of Tommy End before. Yeah. I'm a fan of Alistair Black and what he is doing now. I'm so happy that he has been given the NXT Championship. And whoever has done this entrance theme, phenomenal. Yeah. The entrance theme for Alistair Black fits and works perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I am going to Google Play Music and actually going to be downloading that very shortly because I may be listening to that on repeat for a while. I know, right? Okay, let's uh, get to to my pick. We'll play the, uh, the entrance for that. And uh, we will uh, talk about my pick.
the one and only Ricochet. That is my personal pick for who I think is going to be a significant player in WWE once he you know, makes the move up to the main roster, which I believe is just a matter of time. And I mean, if you want to watch somebody would just... Even outside of WWE, this guy's worked for almost every major independent promotion, Lucha Underground, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, probably uh, alongside Tommy End. And, I mean, just go and, you know, watch this guy work, you know, and now get a chance to watch him in NXT. You know, it's very much that high-flying, high-octane kind of style. And just another guy, you know, in a different way, you know, as uh, Aleister Black, just somebody who is on point, not only with offensive moves even when it comes to selling moves that he takes himself the man is just believable um as as a wrestler and as a character 100 percent, he <laughs> is and he's he's very 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 new to nxt yeah. and the wwe so if you want to see something from ricochet you're probably only going to be seeing stuff from other promotions that he's been in so YouTube up Ricochet. Yep. Thankfully, they let him use that name because that's the exact same name that he's used throughout his independent career as well. Mm-hmm. So R I C O C H E T. I'll say it once again in case you didn't get to write it down R I C O C H E T. That is how they spell Ricochet. And you really need to go and take a look at some of the stuff that he's done. Everything that he does, just like with Aleister Black, is right on point. The guy has honed his craft for many years. 1988. Yeah, 1988. So from 1988 to 2018, Mm -hmm. this man has been working in the professional wrestling business honing in on what he does best and yes it's high flying and yes it's almost kind of lucha libre style ish that he's got going on there don't take that away from what happens because he puts on a show every single time he is in the ring that makes you want to watch him again and again and Mm -hmm. again i think that uh what uh, needs to happen to, to get that level, and actually uh, The Rock has uh, given his opinion on him as well. He feels that given some you know, some time and everything to, to work on uh, you know, Mike work, which, I mean, isn't bad, you know, and, and that character, uh, he said that he even, uh, you know, coming from The Rock, one of the biggest names in the, in the business, that uh, he could be a major player and contender. So uh, that's praise for coming up from, from pretty high up there. So um, my hopes are high and I think that, um, you know, I, I don't see him disappointing, you know, so do your favor, do yourself a favor. If you have the WWE network, if you haven't watched the last NXT takeover, he was part of the North American title ladder match, go and watch that and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think uh, to end off uh, this week's episode here, Carl, we have another uh, listener question, which I think is an interesting one because you probably have a, a relevant, um, you know, perspective on this because you actually did this yourself. Yeah. And uh, this has to do, uh, essentially, the question is if somebody, you know, maybe one of our listeners or somebody that's uh, brand new to watching uh, professional wrestling, how does one go about becoming involved in the business of professional wrestling? 
Well, there's many different avenues that you can go and take to mm-hmm. to do it. Um, myself, I I went things about things a little bit differently than the normal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give my experience, and then I'm gonna give what you normally yep. should do. Now, myself, I had um, <coughs> known someone who had claimed that they were part of professional wrestling mm-hmm. and claimed Cleaned. that yeah. you know they they knew what they were doing and stuff so i was trained by somebody who claimed that they need that they knew what they did and unfortunately it was a whole bunch of bs mm. um what good came out of that though is that he knew some people that were part of uh, the superior wrestling alliance out of sault saint marie michigan so i was able to go over there and meet some people yep. and find out some things and really talk with them. And I was able to get a little bit more training from them, right? So, I mean, thankfully, I was able to be trained by actual professional wrestlers. Yep. Now, the correct way for somebody to go about it is to find a school yep. throughout the country, now, whether it's Canada, the United States, whether it's Europe, whether it is Australia, whether it is you know, anywhere, anywhere that you see professional wrestling, somewhere there will be a school. You need to get in contact with that school. Mm-hmm. Yes, just as if you go to college or go to university, it's going to cost you. Yep. And it could cost you upwards of thousands of dollars to get this training. But you're not just paying for this guy to sit there and go, okay, do a roll or, you know, whatever. These people, when you go to these training schools, they, they're going to interact with you. They're going to have people there that are trained to show you how to do things properly. They're going to train you how to roll. They're going to train you how to run the ropes. They're going to train you how to fall so that you don't hurt yourself. They're, they're going to train you on microphone skills. They're going to get all of this stuff in a package together and have you trained. That is the best way that you could do it. Now, you could go and listen to other podcasts and listen to other guys like uh, Ric Flair or, or, or Shawn Michaels or any yeah. of these other people that have, that have gone out there and uh, become professional wrestlers and become some of the greatest professional wrestlers. They've gone about things a little bit differently as well. They would go to the events and they would see these guys and they would sneak backstage to see them or they would go to the gym that they were working at working out at and go and work out with them and talk to them and then they would start off by being somebody that helped them tear down and set up the ring for the for the events they would be somebody that did concessions for them they would be somebody that you know went around selling programs for them you know these different things and then from there you know a little bit of uh uh, how do you say that uh Quo prid quo. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I my English isn't you know <laughs> that that's more yeah. Spanish I guess. Yep. I don't know. But you know you give a little you get a little mm-hmm. essentially. So these guys would go out there and pay their dues, and that's where that term really would would come in is pay their dues yep. by setting up and tearing down by putting up promotional posters by going to different businesses and talking to them and seeing if they could put something up, finding sponsors, you know, these different things. And because they were going out and doing that, they were getting trained as if they were, they had paid for a school. 
Yep. So again, even with those guys, they still were at a school to be trained. Myself, I went through a little bit of schooling. I didn't get the full training that I should have. Mm-hmm. But thankfully for myself, my in-ring work was well enough that they kind of said, you know what, like, you're ready. Like, here you go. Right. And I mean, I was I was known as the extreme Canadian Carl Carafel, and that's really what I did. I did more extreme matches, a little bit yeah. more hardcore matches, stuff like that. So for myself, that's how I went about it. But the best way to do it, find a school. And it's you know, by no means the only way. And, you know, and some of the the older school guys, I you know, uh, or you know, even maybe a little bit more recently, you know, guys like Mark Henry and that stuff, you know, weren't even uh, working uh, in the in the business or even, you know, necessarily looking for that. So a lot of these guys were were you know weightlifters and gyms. A lot, a lot of uh, the bigger some of the bigger wrestlers, some of that some of that of those guys, that's how they got discovered. You know, guys like Diamond Dallas Page didn't uh, you know start wrestling or, or training until their late thirties. You know, so. With the crazy business that is professional wrestling, there's no real set way to get your foot in the door. But I will say probably what you know, the most common thing, and I think you know what each you know one has to do, no matter which path you decide to take, you need to have a passion for it. And then whichever path you decide to take is really your choice. It's you know really there's just multiple ways to get to that same end to that same goal. Yeah. So you know th- there's no real right way or wrong way necessarily. You know, uh, it, it's just, it's, um, you know, a lot of these guys, it's part of their story, you know, they'll be, they get into the business and, uh, you know, and a lot of times that's what uh, makes each of them kind of unique sometimes, uh, you know, the, the way that they've gotten into it. So definitely it, it's uh, one of the cool things about this business that uh, everybody's story is usually a little bit different and, uh, you know, that's partly what gives us stuff to talk about. So I think that's a good way to wrap up, uh, Carl. It was actually a good listener question this um, this episode, so we got to discuss a little bit about your uh, your past as well. And uh, if there's anybody that's listening to this episode that has uh, you know worked in business as well too, maybe uh, on the the comments of this episode, you know, post some of your story. How did you get into the business? How did you go about training? Did you do it in a traditional way, or did you do go, go about it in a, a traditional way? You know, let us know, and you know, we can even share some of these stories. So. All right, I think we'll uh, end things off and then we'll let Carl tell you about our social media here. Definitely our social media. We are found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of them you can be found by searching out at JK Podcasts. That is with an S at the end, JK Podcasts. So again, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Absolutely. And for the episodes themselves, you can uh, mainly... Well, at the top, you can find us on Podbean, which uh, on a side note, with uh, when you'll be hearing this episode, it's the second day of uh, the week where we're actually being showcased on the featured section in Podbean. So we're right at the top of that featured section. So make sure if you're a fan of uh, professional wrestling podcasts and um, technology as well, follow that and tell your friends to follow as well. And you'll get notified whenever there's a new episode. And you can also find us on Google Play Music, YouTube, and iTunes as well. So make sure and uh, check us out uh, wherever you uh, feel most comfortable with. And uh, chances are, if you listen to it on a certain thing, we're likely on there. So uh, check it out. And like I said, like and share and spread the word. We do want to mention as well, before we let you guys go, that we are also featured on thegorillaposition.com. 
Our friends over at thegorillaposition.com do take what we put out every week and they put it onto their website and their Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So make sure you go and check out thegorillaposition.com. Our good friend Ryan K. Bowman is over there. He has amazing articles that he writes. If you were looking for something like a pro wrestling illustrated type of article, you need to go and see Ryan K. Bowman over at thegorillaposition.com. There's lots there there uh, to um, some other podcasters that uh, talk about wrestling. It's a site that's uh, becoming very popular and going very quickly. And, of course, it's a pleasure to be partnered and to uh, to work with them. And uh, he's even appeared on our podcast a couple times, and uh, we definitely will be having him uh, in the future. All right. Well, that's a good way to end things off here. And we will see you guys on the next one. Ciao. This is the Top Gun Chase Brit, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. This is ECW Original, the Enforcer, C.W. Anderson. I'm listening and always listen to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl, not only because I am an Anderson, because these guys are extremes.